This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Accenture overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert. And I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure. Because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and welcome to Instant Genius, a bite-sized masterclass in podcast form. I'm Jason Goodyear, commissioning editor of BBC Science Focus magazine. Mere mention of the word testosterone is likely to bring to mind images of bodybuilders with bulging muscles or angry, aggressive men that are constantly spoiling for a fight. But what does the science really say? In this episode, we catch up with Dr. Chana Jayasena, an endocrinologist based at Imperial College London. He helps us to break down some of the myths surrounding this often misunderstood hormone. So we're talking about testosterone today. So this is something that a lot of people will have heard of. I think a lot of people will be unclear of exactly what it is. So by way of starting, can we just say exactly what is testosterone sort of scientifically? What's its definition? What is it chemically? No, thank you. Um, testosterone is a hormone, so a signaling molecule that is made in mostly in the testes of men, but it can be made in smaller amounts in the ovaries of women and the adrenal glands of both men and women. And what it does is whiz around the body and act on tissues to do specific things, such as affecting behaviour, giving rise to reproductive function and changes such as growing armpit hair, facial hair, and allowing particularly boys to go through puberty and to look like men. So yeah, you mentioned there about it also being produced in ovaries and females. So a lot, I think a lot of people, if you were to, you know, stop them on the street and say, oh, hello, may I ask you a question? What's what's testosterone? They'd say, well, it's the male sex hormone, isn't it? But it also plays a critical role in females' bodies, doesn't it? It does. And in fact, 
not to say that it's coming into vogue, but it, there's an increasing realization for women, particularly after menopause, that in some cases, giving them small amounts of testosterone, not enough to what we call virilize or create masculine appearances, can be useful for improving women with low libido and interest in sex. So it clearly plays an important role in behavior, just as estrogen, the female hormone, plays an important role in male sexual behavior. So it's almost like we have this assumption that this very binary uh, relationship between hormones and sexual behavior and gender, but in fact, they cooperate. So you mentioned there another hormone, estrogen. Is testosterone a typical hormone or does it differ from other hormones that we have in the body? So it's, uh, it's part of a sort of super family of what we call steroid hormones. And steroid means they're, they're, they're fat soluble and are munched up by the liver, whereas peptide and oestrogen is also, and, and adrenal hormones as well in general are steroid hormones. But there are another group of hormones called peptides. So steroid hormones like testosterone, oestrogen, and related hormones have overlapping functions so that it may not just bind to one receptor, but multiple receptors and therefore have multiple actions. So it's almost like they're overlapping, like a bird might like feeding off one tree, but it might occasionally feed off another tree. So a lot of time when we talk about testosterone these days, people talk about levels of testosterone. So I thought that would be an interesting area to explore. I guess by way of starting there then, I mean, is there even such a thing as a normal level of testosterone? There is, and this is a real topic of debate. So we know statistically, when we look at levels of any hormone in the body, 95% of the population are by definition called the reference population. We try to avoid the word normal, because if you're outside that range, then you might automatically assume you're unhealthy, whereas in fact, you simply have statistically an abnormal results. But you could be healthy. And I think the problem is, is defining when is a low testosterone a problem? When is it abnormal? So there is still a topic of debate about how, so I can tell you statistically what is a normal level, whereas there's a lot of debate still about health-wise what is a normal level. Having said that then, how do we test testosterone levels? Is it a blood test, something like that? It's a simple blood test. Um, it has to be done in the morning and it has to be done before breakfast because if you eat a big meal, then you get a 20% drop in, in testosterone as a, a, as, a, as a reflex. And that will be, when it's analysed, give you a result. And that in someone, a man who is experiencing problems with low libido, loss of erections, that can be a very useful test. But as I said, there are complications with interpreting the results and that, that's something that I work on myself. Great. So let's have a look at some common ideas or tropes that are, are thrown around about testosterone and testosterone levels. So I think the first one that will come to most people's minds is that it's often banded around that people with higher levels of testosterone are more aggressive. I mean, is there any truth to that? No, I'm afraid not. We've got, if you look at the male population, there is no relationship whatsoever in the healthy range of testosterone levels for a man that, that there's any variation at all or association with aggression. Now, once you go beyond that 
And this is where we enter the world of what we call anabolic steroid use, where men take enormous amounts of testosterone that are orders of magnitude bigger. That induces aggression. But that is very different to the natural effects of testosterone. And I think that's where some confusion lies. So that's probably where where this idea has come from, is it? Exactly. Okay, so you mentioned there libido. So how strong is the link between testosterone and libido? There's an exquisite link between low testosterone and a loss of libido, um, erections, and in fact, a particular type of erection, which is waking up in the morning with an erection, and that's actually a reflex to bladder filling. And it is healthy in a young man in particular to, on most days, to experience this. Now, that naturally will subside with, you know, with time as men get older, but that's a key reflex that is lost. And that's why we use these symptoms and they're very useful for identifying men who may be at risk. Now, there are other symptoms as well, such as tiredness and feeling low, but we sometimes all feel these in everyday life. But the sexual symptoms are highly specific. How about the connection between testosterone levels and fertility? What do we know about that? That's a great question. So we know that testosterone, when it's made in the testes, is best thought of as heat escaping from a big oven. So you actually, your body experiences very low amounts of testosterone that escape perhaps into the room around the oven. But the oven is a furnace with very high levels of testosterone. And those high levels of testosterone are needed to bake sperm. And when sperm are produced, they're sort of not quite, you know, there's half, half cooked croissants. And that final, final process is needed for spermatogenesis. Now, it's complex to explain, but if you start giving someone testosterone when they don't need it, perhaps if they're taking anabolic steroids, for example, you actually switch off the oven. And actually, paradoxically, you can create infertility. So testosterone from the testes, good for sperm. Testosterone outside switches off the testes. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. The Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xe plug-in hybrid is built for the best of both worlds. For the city buzz, for the call of the wild, for finding solitude, for sharing memories, for day trips, and for far-roaming adventures. Because with gas and electric capability, the Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xe inspires you to explore more, to explore it all. Tap the banner to learn more. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So I think another common thing that a lot of people will have heard is that elite athletes have naturally higher levels of testosterone. 
So what's the current thinking on that idea? No, again, I think it's it's interesting that I think, let's put it this way, I think if you were born with very low levels of testosterone, such that it might... Now, athletics, competitive athletics, might be a way in which there would be a small detrimental effect on, on your f- performance. But by and large, there isn't a, a linear, straightforward relationship between testosterone and physical performance. Now, there is a debate when you look between the sexes about physical performance, particularly when you deal with those who've taken, say, masculinizing HRT. And there are clear differences between men and women in physical performance and trans athletes, and testosterone does contribute. So to answer your question, within the sexes, I don't think there's an effect, but it does contribute to difference in performance between sexes. So I think this is perhaps the wildest idea that I've heard related to to testosterone uh, when I was reading about this. So one thing that often comes up is that men with higher levels of testosterone are more successful and they make better leaders and better (laughs) business people. I'm afraid that's completely wrong. Um, I'm afraid um, I, I could probably make a lot of money by um, by using your idea and putting it on the internet and probably get into jail quite soon after. No, we we do know that when men have a problem such as having lost a testis for cancer, so they when you've got abnormally low levels and you replace it back into where everyone else in the population lies, then yeah, you feel more optimistic, you feel happier, your mood rises. But if you're already there and, and in population, more does not help you further. So another slightly unusual claim that I've read is that high levels of testosterone somehow reduce your empathy. Ah, right. I don't think that there is, again, a relationship between increased levels of testosterone in men and a lack of empathy. But we know that there are clear behavioural and psychological differences between men and women. And some of those differences are underpinned by testosterone affecting cognition in ways that we don't fully understand. So I think reading into that, it may be a manifestation of sex differences that we all know. So you mentioned right at the start that eating a meal can affect testosterone level when we're having a blood test. So what else, what other factors can affect our testosterone levels? The biggest thing is that testosterone is a marker of your, it reflects how healthy you are as a man. So we know that contemporary societal problems such as obesity, diabetes, inactivity physically, particularly in men over the age of 40, are associated undoubtedly with lower levels of testosterone. And that's one of the biggest messages we get. We try to get across in clinic that actually one of the greatest things you can do to optimise your health and your testosterone is by inc- improving your metabolic health. So what happens then? Say I, I am a person who's got maybe on the low side of testosterone. How does that manifest physically? So as I, uh, we talked about the behavioural effects in terms of your mood and uh, and that may translate into you know to how you relate to people. You may become more more withdrawn. And there are physical manifestations. You may lose some muscle bulk and get more fat in relation to muscle. 
And, you know, despite exercising, you may not be able to put on physical bulk. And, you know, there is the sexual dysfunction as well. Those are the three key things. There are other things that may thin your bones and may make you in later life susceptible to osteoporosis and fractures. And you may get anemia, which is unusual in a man. You may start to feel puffy and breathless when you're exercising. So those are the things that that you could present with. So are there any sort of underlying health conditions that can influence our testosterone levels? Yeah, obesity, diabetes, and anything that makes you chronically unwell, cancer treatment, anything serious that affects your health is going to affect your reproductive health and that will lower your testosterone. And huge studies, in fact, a very large study done in Europe across many countries and over 3,000 men showed this beautifully, that the men who had higher levels of what we call comorbidities, so essentially a surrogate of how many medications you're on, how many times you see doctors, there's a very clear relationship between that and how, and low testosterone. So what role does age play? We know that over the until you're 40, levels of testosterone are very stable. Then after 40, this European study showed that there's on average a 1% year-on-year reduction in the population, such that in men who are 80, it's relatively common, quite a high proportion of them will have lower than normal testosterone levels. However, only actually most of those men feel fine. And actually, even in 80-year-olds, it's still only a small minority of men who are ill from feeling low testosterone. But there is inevitably an increased risk with increasing age. So sort of coming off the back of that, I think one thing that's been doing the rounds for quite a while now in men over 40, this is particularly in the States, is the idea of TRT or testosterone replacement therapies. And there are some commentators saying that any man over 40 would benefit from TRT to stave off what they call the the andropause, like the the male equivalent of the menopause. So first off, what is the theory behind testosterone replacement therapy? And then who really does benefit from it? And can it even be harmful for those who don't really need it? Well, I think you've just asked a central question, which is fiercely debated. And I think there are a number of things. First of all, unlike menopause in women, where you have an absolute complete cessation of ovarian activity, that does not exist in men. So I want to to say loud and clear, there is no andropause. A small minority of men would benefit from testosterone over the age of 40, and we think that's 2% of the population, so very few. Therefore, I think there's a great danger in trying to sell to men, you know, who may be desperate to improve their health. And, you know, we all want to, in verse commas, live forever. And I think that there is a big marketing movement to try to monetize and normalize TRT, just like HRT for women, and it's not the same. So in a small minority of men, they would benefit from it. But the first thing is to look at whether your health can be optimized. If you can optimize your health, and I get men coming in who are overweight, sedentary jobs, maybe in an office, If you give them testosterone because they can't make adjustments to their life, then they will feel better. But 
not as better as actually if they could make those adjustments themselves. And no one has ever shown that testosterone can make you live longer. And in fact, all drugs have associated with side effects. But if you actually get out and exercise and lose weights, there's mountains of evidence that you can lower your cholesterol, your blood pressure, well-being, etc. So I like to say to men who are older, who don't have perfect health, who are thinking about TRT, we could give you testosterone, but actually the Rolls-Royce treatment, if you can do it, is actually overhauling your lifestyle. Sometimes that's not possible, and that's when TRT has a role. So what is what is the theory behind TRT? You know, how does it work? So we've had for a number of years the ability to synthesize artificial versions of testosterone. So they exactly it has exactly the same chemical structure. And in general, you can give it by rubbing it onto your skin as a gel, or you can give it as an injection. And interestingly, as I said, you know, these are steroid hormones, they're not water soluble. So that you have to, they have to be injected in oil and that sits either under your skin or in your muscle. And that gets released over time and tries to replicate the pattern of testosterone release from the testes. And in general, it's pretty good. And that's been widely available for quite a few decades. So can this sort of therapy ever be harmful? Very good question. So we know that if you have clearly a problem of severe testosterone deficiency, the best example is having lost one or both testes because of testicular cancer. By actually being deprived of testosterone, you have increased risk of osteoporosis, anemia, and maybe heart disease. So testosterone replacement therapy for these men is clearly important. Where a man is taking testosterone and perhaps they don't need to, and I think this is we're talking about middle-aged older men who might be very keen and eager to take testosterone because they want to feel better. I think that is probably going to result in them having an increased risk of heart problems, maybe increased risk of cholesterol. And I predict that those men are not helping themselves in the long term and it might lead to their demise prematurely, even though in the short term it might help them feel a bit better. Is there something you'd like to say to sort of sum up? You know, is there any sort of final message that you'd like the listeners to take away about what we've just talked about for the last 20-odd minutes? Yeah, I just want to say that testosterone is really a window into your health. And I think when you look on the internet, there's, I think, an increasing commercial pressure for men to feel that they should have a perfect testosterone. There's no such thing as a perfect testosterone. If your testosterone is in the normal range, it's fine and giving you testosterone will not help you. And I think the thing that we all are challenged in in today's society is maintaining a, a good metabolic health through diet and lifestyle. And that's the key message. I think focusing on testosterone replacement therapy in older age unless you're one of those 2% of men who has a real problem, he's not going to help you. That was Dr. Chana Jayasena, an endocrinologist based at Imperial College London. Thank you for listening to this episode of Instant Genius, brought to you from the team behind BBC Science Focus magazine. The current issue of BBC Science Focus is out now. Pick up a copy wherever you buy your favourite magazines, or download a digital copy from your preferred app store. You can, of course, also find us online at sciencefocus.com.